My Mac Podcast 287, a laptop full of hurt. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Hi everyone, welcome again to the MyMac.com podcast. This is number number two eighty seven, and and so far it's 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 been a show. Just just <laughs> just to get started, it's been a show. It has, yeah, and that of course is the regular co-host of the MyMac.com podcast, Gaz, buddy. What's up? Um, I'm doing pretty good, guy. I'm doing pretty good, and it's yeah, I'm laughing already. Yeah, well, you know, it's I. I Find you know half the time, I find myself laughing at myself because if I don't, I'm just going to cry, and you know <laughs> nobody wants that. Well, of course, uh, this coming Saturday is yeah, and and we're not going to talk yeah. about iPads yeah. a lot. Yeah, what is what is tonight. going on this Saturday? Everybody keeps going on about something, but I, I I've got no idea. Well, you know, unless you're you're blind and and your your hands have been cut off and and you have absolutely no way to access the internet, televisions or radios or or anything along those lines, this Saturday, well, like I well, I could say, or you live outside the U.S. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> but that, that wouldn't keep you from knowing about it. Just wouldn't <laughs> no, be, wouldn't true. be able to get one. Uh, this Saturday is the release of of the iPad. And um, uh, unless the wife strenuous, strenuously objects, I'm going to get up very early in the morning and drive over to the Clarendon, Virginia Apple Store. Uh, I hope to be there probably six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning. You know, I, I don't know how many people, if any, will will be out there, but I'm gonna I'm gonna show up with my with my trusty little HD camera and something to record audio on, and and you know just get some of the sights and sounds of of all the good people that are waiting outside of an Apple store for God knows how long to get an iPad. Absolutely cool. That'll be great. So you, are you going to plan on doing any interviews with them? Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, I, there's, there's an email out on, on the, uh, the staff list for the, for mymac.com asking, you know, if, if you had the chance to be in front of all of these people, what would be the five questions that you would ask them? And there's been some responses, but so far, you know, I, I want to keep it a secret. You know, don't want to give anything away because <laughs> you know you keep, loose keep lips it under your arm. That's right. Keep loose it, lips sink ships. That's it. Because the problem is if if they then think about their answers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's more fun if they just have to do it off the cuff. I just hope there's people there for you to yeah. interview. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll be sad. That will be so sad. I'll have to go home, and you know, my wife by you know whatever time I get home will already be up and just give me that look like so. You got up really, really early to drive all the way to Clarendon, and there was no one there. <laughs> so, how far is it from you, actually, uh, guy? It, it's not that far. It's probably you know with traffic, and this is DC, so there's always traffic. Um, maybe half hour. I think you should get on the push bike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting on your push bike. Tell you that. <laughs> so, uh, before we got started on the show, uh, you and I were, were talking about some problems that, uh, one of your, one of your family members was having. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. So, uh, very quickly, um, uh, just over a year ago. Uh, 13 or 14 months, my 
my dear sister um, said... Who you love greatly. Absolutely. You always love your family. You've got no choice in your family, but you've got to love them. Right. Anyway, I, uh, she, she asked me about uh, getting a computer. And I went, uh, yeah, you get a Mac. And she went, well, we're looking around, and she gave me a price, which was probably about half to three quarters of the price of a, let's say, the, the low-end MacBook. So she was looking and, for a portable then? Yes, yes. She wanted, she wanted to have a large screen portable. Um, wait, 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 what? How how big of a large screen? What did she? Well, about fifteen inches. Okay, about fifteen inches. I mean, they did they did have a look at some seventeen inch screens, but I said, look, you know, you might as well have a desktop if you can have a seventeen inch screen. I think it, you know, it's it just becomes unwieldy, and if you want to use it so you can, you know, use it around the house, then you know, anything between thirteen yeah. and fifteen inches will be fine. Well, did did I mean was she looking for a portable machine because she she travels, or is that she just wanted to have it for walking around the house? Walking around the house, okay. they use it. They they do use it around the house from room to room. So you know, I'll give them that. I'll give them that one. But obviously, my uh, my conversation, my persuasive powers were not good enough to <laughs> encourage them to perhaps fork out a little bit more money. And to be fair, to be fair, they were on a tight budget. So you know, it's difficult if someone's on a tight budget and they yeah. want to get hold of a, a unit then you know it's it is really difficult to say no you've got to push the boat out and you've got to go and buy um a mac um because the 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 initial outlay as we all know is more than yeah, what you can will, buy yeah. for a piece right well this morning she was coming over to pick my girls up because they're going over there to stop the night and there was a little bit of panic because it wouldn't boot Ooh. one month out of warranty Ooh. and it wouldn't boot well fortunately they did have a backup right <laughs> Dead silence. <laughs> you see, that? it just went no. right over my head. No, no, absolutely not. After everything I tried to tell them and show them, no, no, they hadn't got one. And she'd got lots of pictures of her little baby who was about fourteen months old. Mm. So I said, "Leave it with me, and I'll see what I can do." Well, to cut a very long story short, I basically couldn't get. Windows, which was Windows Vista on this HP machine, up and running. For some reason, there was an error. It just wouldn't boot, and whatever I tried, it wouldn't work. What did did they um, give you the uh, the original system discs that came? Well, with the machine? guess what? Guess what? Oh, when it's no. one of these OEM machines, it comes with no discs, doesn't it? I mean, it's just it got a separate partition uh, where obviously you could boot from, but that wasn't working either. So I, I just hung my head in despair and thought, I, I, you know, I've got a busy day on today because we've got a. It's obviously Easter weekend right. coming up, and over in the UK we have Good Friday, and I'm lucky enough to have Good Friday and Easter Monday off. Oh, very nice. Uh, however, <laughs> that means you have to get everything done in the days before. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Any. Anyway, so I had a quite a busy day, um, but basically I got to the point where I thought. That's it. I'm going to take the hard drive out. I've got some caddies. So I took the hard drive out. I popped it in a caddy, popped it onto my user account. And well, you mean your user account on your Mac or is this on a PC? On my Mac. Okay. On my Mac. Yes. That's a a FAT32 partition, though, isn't it? On NTFS. Oh, oh, sorry. You're right. NTFS. Yeah. Vista is on NTFS. Um, And my my partition is obviously, um, oh, what do they call it? The, the Apple, it's an Apple partition anyway. 
So I, I put it on and I couldn't see the volume. There's the two volumes that I mentioned. And I could see one of the volumes, which was the backup volume, but I couldn't see the main volume, uh, which kind of, you know, scratched my head and thought, has it got, you know, is this because of the NTFS issue? Or Anyway, you know, email's still coming in, phone's still ringing. I had to get on with my work. Yeah. So a little while later, this caddy that I'd got was not only a Firewire caddy, but it got a USB port. So I then decided to put it into the laptop that I got from work. And I could see it. I thought, great. All right. So and is done, this, is this kind of like the Max target mode? Does does Windows Vista do something like that? Mm, well, I, what I did was just basically plug it in, guy. I just plugged the USB port in because obviously I'd put it on Wait, a USB uh, or Firewire. USB oh, okay. on the on the Windows machine. Okay. Okay. USB on the Windows machine. Um. So I popped it in a uh, USB, popped it onto the Windows machine, and I could see both of the drives, both of the volumes. However, they've got a sign-in, so I couldn't get into their oh, user no. account. And I'm not an administrator on this particular machine because the, you know our work machines are really tied down. Right. And even though I knew the account and I knew the password, Windows just wouldn't let me get to a point where I could say, here's the username, here's the password, let me see the files. Was that a, a limitation of uh, where you work, you know, the way they have their network set up, that you can't, you can't really... Well, Do I just, much I with just external couldn't, I, volumes that haven't been blessed by IT. Um, well, I could see the volume, and I could get to the volume where there wasn't any restriction on it, and I could see all the other files. But what I couldn't do was get to their account because they'd got the obviously Vista had tied that folder down to their account um, on on the HP machine. Wow, on the hard drive. Anyway, I tried. You know, I, I had a quick look to see if there was a way of accessing that folder and putting in the permissions, and I couldn't find anything. Well, by this time, I'm starting to think, look, I just haven't got time for this. So I, I whipped it out again, and I thought, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try exactly what you just said, and that's target mode on my Mac Mini. Yeah. So I held down what I thought was the right key for target mode because um, I did a restart on the machine, and I'd got the Firewire plugged back into the hard drive. Yeah, it's just, you just hold down the T key on, on reboot. Uh, yeah, sorry. I, I wasn't going for target uh, um, guide, uh, um, target mode. I was actually going to see if uh, hit option so I could see if oh, I could oh, see oh, it right, right. and boot into it. Right, okay. And boot into it direct. Um, however, I held the wrong key down, and I went into my login screen. Now, I've got several accounts because this is a family map mini um, and there's four of us that use it but i also have what i call the administrator account because none of us have got administrative rights so we all go into our own uh, accounts not under administrative accounts so i've got an administrator account which for some reason i decided to go into because I, I knew that it would be the quickest to boot back up. Yeah. Because obviously on my account, I've got lots of things which boot up when it first starts. And I thought, I've just got to quickly go onto the web just to find out what, you know, what key it is I should have been pressing. <laughs> anyway, hey, presto. The, the laptop disk mounted? It mounted completely. And I suddenly realized it was because I was an administrator on the Mac, and it was then allowing me to see both volumes. Whereas, obviously, under my account, I wasn't administ- wasn't an administrator, and I think that was why I couldn't see it under my account. That is great. So, were you able? I mean, well, my, as soon as I saw it, I thought, uh, you know, there was a, a bit of exultation because I saw both <laughs> volumes, and then I thought, I thought, ah, 
Hang on a minute, though. I'm going to have the same problem that I had on the on the PC that it won't allow me into the uh, folder. Okay, yeah. So I double clicked on the folder and it opened. Oh my God. And I could see everything within the folder. That's fantastic. So I just, so I quickly grabbed all of the files, um, dumped them onto the desktop, saved them into a folder. Um, and Hey presto, I then put it back into the machine and actually about two hours ago, after about five hours, I finally got <laughs> the thing back up and running and but I had to do it on a complete fresh install. Yeah. I finally found a way to get into the BIOS and completely do a, a refresh install on it, um, so, which so, wiped everything right. from hard drive. But so, obviously, so they I, lost. They lost all their applications. They lost, you know, property. Well, well, get this guy. They don't use many applications. She use she uses. Um, uh, the free office that you can download. Oh yeah, Open Office or Open Office, yeah. and she uses she uses the web. Um, she doesn't use an email client because she goes uh, onto email on the web, and she stuffs a photo on there of, of the you know the row and the baby. Yeah, and that's it. So I, I'd got all the photos, I'd got all of their notes, I've got a few other documents and uh, spreadsheets that uh, obviously she had saved. Yeah, and so I'll just dump those back on there tomorrow. But you know, it was it was the administrative account on the Mac Mini which saved the day. You know that that, that is good news, and it just shows you how versatile that the Mac really can be. Um, if if I could give a suggestion to your sister, she may want to consider. And, <laughs> she, and I'm not talking lot, about I'm not talking she, about going out and getting a Mac. That that wasn't what I was going to say. If she wants to stick with Windows and she doesn't want to outlay a lot more money to you know, get a new machine and all the rest of that. What she may want to consider is getting an OEM copy of Windows 7 Home. Yeah. And yeah. just getting rid of Vista altogether. Yeah. Because, and, and I've said this before on the podcast, that uh, Windows 7 is not a bad OS. And it's probably, at least in my mind, the the best thing that Microsoft has come out with in 10 years. And and I've I've heard that from a few people. I mean, this was basically the first experience that I've had with Vista at all. And I tell you what, I can see why the haters were out there. Yeah. I, I loathed it. I loathed the interface that I've been having to mess about with. Now I'm finished with it. Apart from having to dump the files back onto this machine, I will be glad when I don't have to touch it again. Until <laughs> the good, next time. That's well. Well, do well, you think a, it was a, a good point? Was it a hardware problem or was it a, a software problem? No. No, I've got a feeling it was a registry problem. Oh yeah, oh good old, good old <laughs> Windows registry. Well, you know that's so, kind of that kind of leads into the the first topic we wanted to talk about tonight is that you know all right here's your sister she she went out and a little more than a year ago bought a uh, a Windows laptop because it was cheaper than a Mac and a year later you just passed a warranty it dies and she doesn't really you know unless she's bought some kind of other uh, warranty. She's she's kind of SOL. You know, there's there's not much that she can do. And if you know, f- for the longtime Mac users, if you think back some ten years ago, the Mac market share was like at two percent. And then here we are now in 2010, and depending on whose numbers you believe, Apple has somewhere between seven and ten percent of the total market for yep, computers sounds everywhere. About right. Sounds about right. And so so how is Apple able to do this? even though they're more expensive. I mean, we're in the middle of a recession. <laughs> well, it, it, 
conversely, I wonder whether the fact that we're in a recession, people are thinking about where their money goes just a little bit more. Um, and obviously, I think the switch over to Intel's had a big, big um, sale on that. Oh, and I don't I, doubt I, that at all. And and obviously, I think people are realizing, you know, I, the iPhone's also a gateway product. I mean, the iPod Touch, sorry, the iPod, um, the fifth gen was the first Apple product I had. And I had it about three or four months and I thought, right, okay, I now have to seriously think about getting uh, a Macintosh because I was just, um, or an Apple Mac as it uh, obviously was referred to then rather than the Macintosh. But, I mean, that fifth-gen iPod was my gateway drug. And I think the iPhone has been the gateway for a lot of people since. And I think that's what's happening because you've got to remember, Guy, they are growing, but they're growing from a much smaller base. Yes, and I think the computer industry has been growing and growing and growing. And I think that a lot of these other companies that are now really struggling, struggling, the likes of Dell, for instance, um, they've been just sitting on the wave of increase of the computer market and not been concentrating. You know, they've, they've gone for the rush to the bottom when it comes to price. Right. And they've not really been thinking about their product. I mean, we, we've got Dells at work. Um, we're actually moving back to Lenovo's in September time. But these Dells we've got, they are awful. They're just awful machines. Well, what, what just, is it about them that's that's so terrible? I mean, is, is it... They're just so crappy. They're just crappy. You, li- you lift up the hinge and the screen wobbles about, you know, it li- and it's always done that. It's not like I've had, you know, a couple of years use out of it and it's got like that. It's always been like that and got worse. The keyboard itself feels awful. The screen shape is dreadful. It's 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 a small widescreen shape. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the whole thing just feels cheap. And some people would say that some of the older MacBooks um, felt a little bit plasticky. I've got a white pla- um, plastic MacBook. Right. It is plastic. Most of the machines are plastic, yeah, obviously, it, apart from the, the, the new the MacBook the new that you aluminium. have. The MacBook you have is that one of the unibody ones, or is it before the? No, 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 no. It's a 2007, so okay. it's a, an old, uh, an older white uh, MacBook. Right, but but you know when you look at it, you think oh, it feels cheap. And apart from the pro- problem that they had with that cracking at the front, which has happened to this MacBook twice and has been repaired f- FOC twice. And now they've actually got a, they say they've got a better um, construction underneath so that it shouldn't happen again. But it just works. It keeps working. It was a refurb as well, this particular MacBook. Yeah, that's all and, I ever buy. And it, it's just brilliant. You know, it's got the, the, the knocks that I give it because it does get, it does get, I won't say abused, but it does get <laughs> used. It does get used. How old are your kids? 14 and 16. Okay. Uh, I've got two boys that are 15 and, and uh, 13 and you know, they've got Mac minis and uh, the few times that I've allowed them to, you know, play around with my, with my MacBook pro, it usually lasts about five minutes. And I'm like, give that back to me. No, no. So <laughs> I understand where you're coming from and that, you know, I mean, kids, kids are kids. And unless it's, yeah, unless it's something that they, they've actually bought with their own money, they don't care. And y- you hate to say that, but you know, it, it's just it's just the way that kids and, and quite frankly, quite a lot of adults 
it's just yeah, it's just the yeah. way that they are. I agree. It's just the way some people are. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I actually, uh, my daughter got a uh, an iPhone, uh, which was an unlocked um, secondhand iPhone, actually that I got off eBay, um, uh, officially unlocked. But I made sure that she had to put something in towards it. Right. I mean, she pays for the monthly contract. She has to pay for the monthly contract that she's got, which is not with O2, um, because it's an unlocked unit. I can. She's put uh, actually a Virgin SIM in there, um, but she's obviously paying towards the device itself, and she probably looks after that phone now better than I would if I had one. Sure, to be perfect, because she's putting her own money into it. So there's that connection. Absolutely, but absolutely. But getting back to Max, um, yeah, you know. You're right when when you said earlier that that the big ramp up for Mac usage has happened since Apple switched to the Intel platform, and you know the the thing is, so many people go out and they say, "Oh, well, you know, I can get I can get a Dell Ultra, you know, Zoomy Zoom that has you know twice the RAM and a faster this and blah 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 for less money than I would spend on an iMac." And so, you know, I, I guess, you know, my question is when, when you consider like for like, are Macs more expensive than their PC counterparts? Uh, well, if you go out on a, a straight comparison uh, unit to unit, yes, they are more expensive. But my sister's already found out that longer term, the PC can turn out as expensive, perhaps still not as expensive. But I said to her, you try and buy a MacBook, which is only a year and a half old off eBay, and you will find that you're paying a high price for it. So there's your payback as well, because they they don't half hold their price. Not that many Mac people actually sell their price, <laughs> sell <laughs> no, their Macs. No, not after but, just a year. No, <laughs> but there there are plenty out there, guys. So and when you look at the price, I often you know that's where I first went. I went to eBay, yeah. but I still paid what I thought was quite a high high price for a computer for a Mac Mini. However, once I'd got that Mac Mini, I realized why it held its price. And, you know, the justification for getting uh, a Mac is, is doesn't, the realization really doesn't hit you until you've got one. Yeah, I, I mean, I would, I would agree with that. Uh, there's, there's been at least, oh, I'd say three people at, at where I work recently who have, who have switched to Macs. Now there's, you know, I mean, not, not everybody is, is going to see, you know, the benefits of owning something other than, uh, you know, the, the cheapest computer that they can buy. And you know what? That's fine. If that's what you want, then, you know, knock yourself out. And I, I'm not going to say boo. But this this one guy was talking about he had a Dell. And I hate picking on Dell. But, you know, he had a Dell. <laughs> and it was having all kinds of problems. And he knew that that I was, you know, a, a one of the computer guys that wasn't in, in, you know, with part of IT at work. And he said, well, what should I do? And I said, well, the first question I asked him was, what are you using the computer for? And he told me, he says, well, you know, my wife and I, we go online and we check our email. I mean, just, just basic stuff. And pretty much like my sister by the sound. Yeah, of it. exactly. And I asked him, I asked him, well, well what, what's the operating system on it now? And it was XP. It was like a probably three-year-old Dell um, desktop. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, Windows 7 is out. And con- concerning what you've just told me, you may want to consider getting, you know, like 
Windows 7 Home or, or maybe even Windows 7 Pro because it's going to do everything you want. You won't have to lay out any more money for hardware. And he was like, yeah, but, you know, I've been using Windows for a long time and I, I'm just not happy with it. And you know, <laughs> remember, we, we're using XP where we work. And so he hadn't even really tried Windows 7. No. But it seemed to me from talking to him that he wanted to try something else. So I he wanted to change. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's Obama all over again. So I suggested that he get a Mac mini. And he said, you won't have to get a new monitor. You won't have to get a new keyboard. You won't have to get a new mouse. You know, it's, it, yep. it's yep. If here in the States, it's $599 for the low-end one, which would suit him just fine. And you just plug in all of your PC stuff to it. It'll work great. So about a week goes by, and he comes over to my cube, and he's laughing. And he said, yeah, my, my wife went without me over to the Apple store because I, you know, I had gone myself and had looked at it and, and was bragging on it. And so she went on her, on her own. Said so he, she comes home. She has a uh, 21.5 inch iMac, which is, you know, it's, it's like, I think it's 1299 or something like that. He said, you know, and she'd been ragging on him before she left that she didn't want to spend a lot of money on a computer, that $5.99 was a lot for just this little six-by-six box, and, you know, what was he thinking about? And she comes home with something that's twice as expensive. and Yeah, but it's it's twice as big, guy. She's got, you know, for double the money, she's got a lot more (laughs) machines. Yeah, it is. It is bigger. Yes, it is bigger. But, I mean, and this this is kind of what happens for some people, especially if they've never tried the Mac before. I think the upsell in the stores itself is is it's it it kind of just happens. You go in and it's very difficult not to be swung by the. Um, it, it's just a an I want machine, isn't it? Their their upsell is superb. Well, um, it doesn't help that, that that they're actually, and you know, this is one of the knocks that a lot of PC people talk about is it's just a pretty machine. It's a very beautiful it, – it's you know just the way it's designed and the way it's laid out. It's just a good-looking computer. Yeah. And even even if you're looking at the Mac Mini, I mean people look at a Mac Mini and they go, but that, I love them. that's it? I love the Mac That's it? That, that, that's everything? It's it's like yeah. six inches by six inches by two and a half yeah. inches. This can't be the whole yeah. computer. It's like that's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's everything. So – and I tell you, for for a home user doing, I mean, I I do the podcasting, so I have GarageBand up, I'll have um, Pages up, sure. um, I'll have Safari up, I'll have perhaps uh, WhatsApp Pro up, I'll have Skype up, I'll have iChat up, all running. And yes, okay, I've increased the RAM to four gig. I'll I'll put my hand up and say I've done that. Right. But it it runs it a dream. It runs all those things. So for a home user, the Mac Mint the the Mac Mini. If you've already got a keyboard, if you've already got um, a screen, just get a Mac Mini. You you really don't have to spend all that mo- all that money and go up to a, an iMac. However, <laughs> if you if you've got the money and you want an iMac, yeah, <laughs> hey, hey, they're beautiful machines. Sure, and and when you consider, especially with the Mac Mini, that it's essentially that the Mac Mini is a a MacBook condensed into a small yeah. box. Yeah. So yeah. it's got this. It's got a slower hard drive. It it's got you know um, the the uh, what is it Nvidia ninety four hundred M graphics chipset which shares RAM with you know the with the RAM that you have built into the machine. That's true. Yeah. It's it's not a machine that's 
typically it's meant... not it's not a power machine it's not, it's not, a, not power a power machine. machine and it's and it's not a gaming machine but let's be honest i'm not sure i, I mean a lot, of, a lot of people are talking about it and we spoke about it the other week but it's not a gaming platform no it may it may become a gaming platform but actually i just have so much fun just using the damn thing yeah, you know, I, I mean, that's it's part of the reason it, why I, I've stuck I still with the Mac it, for I, all of these years. Yeah, I still find it incredible that I'd prefer to, rather than having to do something on the work PC, I'd still prefer, apart from Excel, yeah. um, <laughs> um, I'd still prefer to be able to do it on the on the Mac. And I don't know, I just can't explain it. You know, I've I've drunk far too much Kool Aid. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> along along those lines, you know. When you're talking about cost for computers, one of the things that is rarely mentioned, you know, it's always, you know, what's your price out the door? And I mean, and that's basically the same for whatever it is you're going to buy. The price out the door, okay, Macs are more expensive. You know, let's just get that out of the way. However, when you consider that typically Mac users keep their machine anywhere from, from twice to three times as long, you know, you're yeah. saving money in the long Absolutely. run. You're saving money. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, she, she could have, I mean, my sister could have made a choice today. She could have either, uh, luckily she had me who's fairly persistent. Huh. But let's say I was a, a, a tad a bit, you know, less persistent and less, you know, rigid about trying to get something fixed and working again. She could have taken this machine to somewhere and paid to get it fixed and they may have been a, a decent place that only charged a little bit because it was just a matter of finally getting the the process and the system to to reboot or they may have cha- charged a well i don't know it could have been a, you know a quarter right. or a, a half of the original price of the machine and not to mention in, they probably would have wiped the hard drive they probably would have done yeah I mean, that was certainly something that I was more. That was one thing that I was more concerned about than anything else. Because right, I the really, you know, I, than the machine itself. I really wasn't concerned about that. I could have thrown it out the window afterwards. <laughs> as soon as I'd got her data off, that was it. And that's, I'll be honest, that's all she was concerned about. And I tell you what, now I've, I've, I've said I've got it, and she knows where I stand when it comes to Max. She knows, you know, my stance on it, and uh, you know, yeah. hopefully they'll learn from this. They're not going to get rid of it because I've got it back working again. So perhaps that's more for me. But, you know, I'll take your advice about getting onto Windows 7 perhaps. But I think in the future they may think about going Mac. Well, that's not a bad – but, you know, you know what? Regardless of whether you're running, you know, the, the Mac OS, OS X, or if you're running Windows, one thing that's very, very important is make sure you back up your data. Your data. Yep. And the best way to do that is like an external hard drive – and you know what, Gaz? I happen to know I, a company. You, it, I think you've spoken about a company before. There's, there's a company over over in the, the U.S., which yeah, I think is – Other World Computing, something like that. Yeah. And, and you know what else is amazing? I actually know someone, and his name is Tim, and he's going to tell us quite a bit more. Take it away, Tim. Thank you, Guy. Thank you, Gaz. This is uh, Tim Robertson in the new studio. Sounds a little echoey right now. I don't have any of my sound dampening material up and on the walls yet, but we'll get to that. 
In the meantime, I know all you guys are probably listening to this waiting for the new iPads, or maybe you already have your iPad. If you do, you definitely want to protect it, right? I know I'm going to. And what I'm going to look at is the newer tech NuGuard from www.maxsales.com. It's only $17.99. It's got a one-year warranty. It's basically, it wraps around part of the edge and around the back to protect your iPad. Looks really nice. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be honest, I haven't used one yet. Then again, the iPad doesn't come out until tomorrow as I record this. <laughs> the new guard soft silicone case is the perfect protect and preserve accessory to keep your iPad working and looking like new. It's 100% premium soft silicone cushion, and it protects your iPad from scratches, bumps, dust, you know, all that nasty stuff. Here's a nice thing. Like I said, $17.99, but it's available in multiple colors. You can get black, which might be the one I get, green, blue, red, orange, and Arctic Frost, which is, you know, white. I don't know. The white one looks really cool, too. I think I'm going to go with either white or black. $17.99. It's a great price. Newer technology has a whole lot of protected cases and everything you're going to want to get when you get your iPad from Apple. Check it out. Go to www.maxsales.com. You're going to see right on the front page, right at the top, accessories for Apple iPad. Thanks a lot. And Gaz Guy, take it away. Thanks, Tim, for that Otherworld Computing infomercial. I just wish we had an OWC in the UK guy because they sound like a great company. I, oh, they are. I just love that self-sufficiency they've got with that uh, wind turbine. Oh, yeah, that wind turbine. I mean, it, it's not only supplying power to their facility. It's, they're also selling some of it back to the grid. You know, they've, they've got a water filtration system. They recycle pretty much everything that comes into the place. It's, it's just it's just an unbelievable facility. Great, great. Really, it sounds like a really green company. And guess what? Yep. Guess what? They sell stuff. <laughs> yeah, maxsales.com. Superb. So let's, uh, let, let's, let's talk about something else here. Now, this, this was a relatively busy week when you talk about updates to not only OS X, but lots of other things as well. That, well, of course, we came out with uh, Apple dropped 10.6.3 on us, which yeah. uh, I, I've seen various sizes, actually, Guy. I don't know what sort of size you saw, but um, I had a software download, and I think it was uh, – I can't remember the exact size, but I thought it was between 400 and about 500 megabytes. Um, but obviously, they also do the combo update. So uh, I don't yeah, know. I'm, How do you it, normally it, do that? It, it, well, I usually do mine through, you know, just like you do through software update. Yeah. Uh, the odd thing is, I was seeing. I think my download was was under 500 megs, but the weird thing is, if you go to Apple's support site and you actually look up, you know, the the OS 10 10.6.3 uh, update, and you know, not talking about the combo one, just the regular one, it's 720 megabytes. Really? Yeah. So so, so, so some. Oh, well, that's weird because I, I'm, is pre- weird. I'm pretty sure that mine was much smaller than that, as, as you said yours was. So weird. 
Yeah, mine was too. Now, if you get the combo update, that was almost 800 megs. That was 784 megs. Yeah, that's a lot of bandwidth, isn't it? Nope. <sighs> Huge amount of bandwidth. <laughs> so now, what other updates did we get? Well, there was also a security update, uh, 2010.002 for Leopard. And you know, all these updates, you can, you can look them up, but we're talking about stuff Improvements to QuickTime, OpenGL, yeah. uh, iCal and Mail, and, you know, I mean, just, just just a whole bunch of stuff. Core Audio, Core Media, blah, 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 blah. Uh, if you're really interested, you can go to the Apple site, or actually, you can go to MyMac.com. We'll have, we'll have some links to, you know, directly to the support sites in the show notes. Um, but one of the other big things, and of course, this kind of goes back to the iPad as well, yeah. iTunes 9.1 was released for both Mac and the Windows. 94 megs. Well, I also saw uh, the uh, iPhoto update come down as well, and I, 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 it was indicated to me that I saw somebody, somewhere that that also was a possible update for the uh, the upcoming iPad release as well. So I think a lot of these were combined. I mean, because there was a time capsule uh, update, there was an airport utility update, uh, an iMovie yeah. update. So I think a lot of these may well have been uh, in conjunction with the upcoming release of the iPad. Well, I, I think uh, that that's probably most of it, but there was also a, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of it. There was a security conference, you know, pwned to own, yeah. to own thing. Yeah, I'm not a fan and of that. Not a fan. No, neither am I. You know, I, I, I look at it mostly as bragging rights for, mm. you know, black and white hat hackers. But one of the good things that does come out of something like that is it really makes Microsoft and Apple and, and some of the, the, the bigger Linux uh, devs kind of try to step up their game as far as security goes. And just from looking at, at some of the information that was online, it seemed to me that, that not only was this an update for, you know, to get ready for the iPad, but it was also an update to, to try to plug some of these security holes that, you know, Apple's had in OS X for, for, you know, way longer than they should have. Yeah. I, I agree. I, 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 I'm not a fan of the competition. I don't like the sort of uh, image it creates uh, for the industry as a whole, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and I'm, I'm just not sure that it's it's the right thing to do. But you're right. I think it possibly, if it emphasizes uh, the holes that these companies have and they have to plug them, then you know that's good for us as a user. Oh, yeah. yeah and and for, for some of this stuff, you know, now to be fair – you know, Microsoft has a, a better reputation for plugging security holes than Apple does, but for good reason, because they have typically they, there's a lot more holes within Windows than there has ever been for OS X. Now, you know, and everyone that's out there, you know, if you go to any of the tech news sites, you'll hear the gloom and doom, especially from you know various security professionals talking about oh there's all these all these ex- possible exploits in OS 10 and you know any day now mac users are going to get you know a virus or or malware or anything along those lines and you know what so far hasn't happened no obviously that doesn't mean they've got to sit back on the laurels but uh yeah it hasn't happened and uh, you're dead right I, I think microsoft now have got a pretty tight ship uh and that that could actually force some of these hackers to look elsewhere. So, you know, we've got to be careful. At the moment, I think we're still pretty safe. And if you're safe in your browsing and if you're safe in what you're, you know, what links you're clicking on and uh, just keeping an eye on some of those emails, then, you know, you should also have a pretty tight ship. But um, 
I th- I th- we we have to be careful and we can't sit back on our laurels. No, no, you can't. And you know, the other thing to remember is, is you know, especially while you're out on the web, if you're if you like, for example, if you're going to look at video and a little pop up comes up and says, "Oh, well, we need your administrative password in order to install this codec." No. Chances no. are, it's no. not something you really want no. to do. Don't do it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, unless unless you're actually installing an application from you know, a trusted source, or if it's something that's directly from Apple, do not use your administrative password to install something that you've just gotten off the internet. And that goes for Windows, that goes for the Mac, that pretty much goes for any OS yeah, that's out agreed. there. Yeah, great. But you know what, Gaz, this, we've been kind of gloom and doom here let's, for the last little bit. Let's, che- I, let's cheer people up. I've got some good news. Go on, tell me. Now, Mac people that have been around for a while – they know about this company called McAlley, and uh, I received an email from one of their PR people, and they are—they have been kind enough to offer us up some stuff for a contest. Cool. We, yeah, we haven't had a contest here at uh, at mymac.com for the podcast anyway in in quite some time, and actually, even better, we have two separate prizes. Uh, it's just set, we've got two separate prizes. Two, two <laughs> separate prizes. Uh, one is for the iPhone or iPod, and the other one's for the Mac. Now, by two separate prizes, I actually mean multiple things for each category. Now, we're only giving away t- two of these prizes. One's going to be for the stuff for the iPhone and the iPod. The other one's going to be stuff for the Mac. Now, now you, you want us to tell us about the stuff that's that's there for the iPhone and the iPod? Well, yes. I mean, the what we've got or what they've uh, what they've sent us is some really well. Actually, they're, they're the sort of prize actually that you're going to be really pleased to get. Something that you may not buy, you may want, but you may not buy. The first one is called a power link, which is a three in one battery pack, uh, a data sync, and a flash drive, uh, which is for your iPhone and iPod. Um, this this unit. Just taking a quick look at it, but basically can be used as a power unit. So if you're getting low on battery on your iPhone or your iPod, iPod Touch, you can plug this in and give yourself a bit of a boost. Um, but it looks like it also uh, can be used as a USB port on one end. So you can actually use it also to sync up to your machine as well. So that's a, a cool little device to have uh, around with you. The second one on the iPod side is a car charger, three-in-one battery uh, car charger, um, which looks very much like the connector that you get from uh, from Apple. Um, and you can basically use it at home, and then obviously it's got a, uh, a USB port on it, much like the USB port that you get from uh, from Apple. Um, with the electrical connection, but it also has a connector head on it so you can stick it into your uh, cigarette lighter or your power port on your car, which is a a useful device. Okay, now for the Mac, uh, we've got something that's called the Tune Fan, which are stereo speakers with a subwoofer and cooling fan. Um, you know, I'm here on the site and I can't, I can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find it. Well, I've, I've got it up, and it says it's a two-in-one stereo speakers with subwoofer and cooling fan, and it looks like, I tell you what, 
that you might not only use this with your Mac. I've got a feeling you might be using it with uh, a certain product that's coming available soon as well. <laughs> which we've talked about before. Which we've talked about. Yeah, we won't say. The other, th- the other thing is a trans cable, which is a USB to USB data transfer cable. Now, you know, think about this for a second, people. We've got one prize for the iPhone and the iPod, which is going to be the PowerLink and the PowerGo. That's one prize. Our second prize is the Tune Fan and the Trans Cable. This is all from Mac Alley. Thank you very much, guys. And you know what? You don't have to answer any questions. You don't have to, you don't have to give blood. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do to win these prizes is send an email. That's it. Just an email. It's that, that easy. It's that, <laughs> by God, it, it couldn't it couldn't be any simpler, Marty. So you send this email to contest at mymac.com. A random pick will be drawn for each of these prizes. The email must include, um, and you know you can send in multiple emails, but if you start flooding us, we're just going to dump you. You got to have your name, your shipping address, and it, that's very important because we're, we don't actually have the prizes. McCallie has it, and they're going to send it out to you. Uh, we need your telephone number, and if you have a Skype name, that would be even better because we would love for our winners to come on to the MyMac.com podcast and, you know, tell us what, you know, a great couple of guys we are for giving you this free stuff. <laughs> now, now, there's one proviso there, of course. Uh, this is restricted to U.S. only, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I, I talked to uh, to Cindy at Mac Alley and, you know, because of all the problems of – Shipping stuff overseas. Now, we talked about what happened when I was trying to ship the cable back to David Cohen. <laughs> um, they, it, it's pretty much restricted to, to the U.S. I, I, you know, and I was, I was about to say maybe Canada and Mexico, but I, I can't be sure about that. So I'm just going to have to say this is just for, for our U.S. listeners. So just make sure that you send the email to contest at mymac.com. Include your name your shipping address, your telephone number, and a Skype name so we can talk to you again. Superb. Yep. And that's all from MacAlley.com. M-A-C-A-L-L-Y. And they've got some great – they got some iPad stuff coming out. Yeah, I've got to say that I, I, I didn't know them. Oh, hands up. I didn't know that about uh, Mac <laughs> Alley. So, so now I'm going to be doing some uh, looking around, I think. Yep. And uh, the, the last thing we want to talk about tonight before we close up the show – is we received an email, and I actually know this guy. He works with me. His name is Carlos Ramos. And his wife, who's from the UK, wants to listen to the BBC via the iPlayer, I think it's called. Yep, BBC iPlayer. Right. And, of course, because she's not in the UK, she's here in the United States, she can't do it. Uh, Do you have that email? Uh, I have that email, yes. Okay, Uh, why don't you go ahead and read that? Okay. Um, Guy, my wife would like to know what she can do or what software to purchase that would allow her to access the BBC iPlayer from the US using Mac. Um, basically goes on to say, I think he's got an iMac, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll go on to say, actually, that's not only the BBC iPlayer, but it's probably one or two of the other UK TV um, stations as well. Uh, he goes on to say that my wife uh, is a Brit 
and pays the British television license uh, fee every November, but the BBC blocks people from using the iPlayer while overseas, which is correct. Obviously, if your IP address is from another country, they do uh, block access. As I've found to my detriment when I go on um, working in Europe, I often think, right, I'll watch that TV, and I'm blocked. Can't do it, yeah. Um, She understands that she would have to uh, use a proxy server, but can't figure out how to do it. She also worries about subscribing to a proxy server. um, For, for like, privacy. For privacy. She did look at a program called Identity Cloaker, but it's not compatible with the Mac. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that program. No, I'm not, I'm not. And she goes on, or he goes on to say, do do we have any ideas... um, of what she can do um, or if there's any safe software that she can use to allow to access the BBC from the States using proxy servers. Um, Okay. Well, I'm not an expert. You might think that I was an expert, but to be perfectly (laughs) honest with you, be perfectly honest with you, I don't use proxy servers. When I go abroad, I go for like a week at a time. So it's not an issue for me uh, to actually go looking for, uh, for servers and proxy servers um, to gain that TV. I can, I can live without my BBC for a week. However, I do know that there are people in exactly the same scenario, and I've got one or two friends in, in Europe that do exactly the same. They carry on paying their licence fee, uh, and they get a little bit fed up that they can't access the, uh, the website. Now, I understand why the likes of the BBC and uh, ITV do this, um, but it, it it does get their rags up a little bit. However, there are possibilities, and he's obviously mentioned the fact that you can get proxy servers. So somebody might be saying to us now, what on earth is a proxy server? Well, basically, uh, I think one of the most popular and probably one of the servers that people may know as a proxy server is OpenDNS, which is actually a proxy server. And I actually use OpenDNS. Um, they're a service who can block, um, they can do, a, they, they, there's lots of things that it can do for you, but make that basically they can speed up access to websites because a proxy server will hold caches of pieces of information in right. various that, that locations. People have, that people have, have downloaded before. That's it, that's it. And they'll obviously hold that information in all of these servers and they're called a proxy server because they're holding someone else's pieces of information. And it can actually assist your um, your internet speed. It can actually speed you up. But it can also be used to cloak I'll say that in inverted you know, commas because it's just to, to cloak who with your fingers held up as yes, like little italics little, to cloak little, cloak uh, who and where you are. Now it's not perfect, and I've been having a bit of a chat with uh, one or two of the friends, and I've come across there are loads and loads and loads of sites out there talking about right. how to do this, but I have found. Uh, a few websites, which I think I'll send you the links, Guy, and we can put them into the show notes and we'll send them back to Carlos um, and he can make a decision because I don't know how much they want to pay because you can pay for a service. There's what looks like a very good site over here in the UK, but they, and they vary from anywhere between about £5 a month to £10 a month. And, you know, so it can be quite expensive, but they give you a more guaranteed service. Whereas if you go out looking for a proxy server, one it's, of, free. it's free, but it may not be very reliable. And what's worse, you sit in there watching a program that you're 
really into and it suddenly goes down or for you to have a, a you know a secure and safe and reliable service and that's only some that's something that we can't really decide upon so no. I've, I've gone through I've, I've done a bit of digging and I've found lots of sites where you can find how to set up your Safari um, or Firefox there's actually uh, quite a good uh, website called um, and it, you have to use it with Firefox uh, called Foxy Proxy. Yeah, David talked about that when he and I were, uh, had a, a little bit of a discussion on uh, using proxy services on, on one of the previous shows. Yeah, that looks like a quite a good little uh, service. Again, there is a subscribe um, uh, subscribe process with this Foxy Proxy to enable you to give, again, I think it gives you a more reliable service. But basically, it's a little add-on to uh, Firefox, which allows you to then obviously use the the proxy service so that you can then access those websites. But uh, I've also found uh, some information on how to set up Safari so you can obviously change your proxy uh, settings in there fairly easy. And the listings of proxy I mean, there are pages and pages and pages yeah. of different. Well, there's boxes. a good reason for that, is that it's it's kind of a moving target. Yes, yes. Now, I did I did set up uh, a proxy service that worked with Safari, and tried to access Hulu, which of course is yep. a U.S. only site. Yep. And sometimes it worked, and the next day it wouldn't. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a moving target. That's right. So what you what you, you know if you don't want to pay, because you know the most of the the decent pay proxy services, you know, once they get kind of get busted with, you know, with whatever their IP addresses are, okay, well then they just go out and, and get move. a couple of different ones. That's so right. they move it. Yeah. Whereas with the free ones, they may not even know that, you know, that, that the various addresses that they have don't work anymore until somebody, you know, basically sends them an email saying, Hey, That's it doesn't right. work anymore, man. That's right. So well, and, and and obviously you've you've got to look at the possibilities of whether you know and he also Carlos mentions mentions it uh, mentions it in his uh, email as to whether it's safe and whether you know the privacy is is, is okay. I wouldn't worry about the privacy quite yeah. so much in, in what he's doing yeah. because he's you don't not want to do any banking. Or anything no, like that. that's right. <laughs> I'd be a little bit careful when it comes to that. So you've got to decide uh, how reliable a service you need how much usage you're going to get out of it um, because prices do vary a little bit, but you know, it's not unsubstantial, not unsubstantial at all, but we've got plenty of links, which we can send to Carlos and uh, put a few of those links on the website if anybody else is interested. But as you say, if you do go for one of these moving targets, then you've got to be a little bit careful about, you know, uh, again, when it comes down to privacy, and you don't really be want to use one of these proxy servers when you're perhaps doing, your normal day-to-day banking, yeah, e-commerce, with- banking. That's right. You know, anything along those lines because, you know, or if you are going to do that, make sure you turn off the proxy service yes. before. Yes. So, you know, I guess the the final word that we could say is if you're going to use a proxy service, you you basically want to use it pretty much for how it was it was intended for what Carlos is talking about, where his I, wife wants to view absolutely. online content. Yeah, absolutely. And for the re- for the rest of it, you know, just quit your browser and come back and, and do something else. But yeah, as we say, if he finds amongst this list of websites that I'm going to send him a reliable service on a proxy uh, server, then great, go with it. Um, however, I've heard from people a lot more intelligent than me and people who have looked into this a lot deeper than me that they struggle to find a proxy server and they're in Europe. So they're quite close to home. So he may struggle, but uh, there are paid options. 
Well, you, you'd think that, that regardless of where somebody was, that if they were paying the BBC or if they were paying Hulu or, you know, whatever, whatever site it is that has this content that you, that you want to view, that they just wouldn't give a damn, you know, where it was that they were accessing the content from. You know, this is part, yeah, part I, of the I, equation I, that I just don't understand. Well, I think, yeah, but then they've got to put in some process to make sure that you can access the site. And the BBC is a very open website. Um, and to start putting lockdowns on it, I think, would probably be more restrictive than saying, sorry, guys, you're outside the country. If you're going to pay for the license fee, then we advise you stop paying. Um, I know that's a bit harsh, but I can see where the BBC are coming from. Because if I had to start to go through hoops to get to the content that I know is available for me, then you just as a, I, it, well, I'd be very upset as a British citizen. Um, now, she's a British citizen and she's paying a licence fee, so I understand fully where she's coming from. Um, but <sighs> you're also in a different country and you've got your TV there. So, you know, it's a real difficult one. It's yeah. a real difficult one. Well, I think that's where we're going to stop it for tonight. And cool. I, I hope you've all had a, a, a good time as, as we have struggled through getting this show out. That's been fun. Yeah, that's <laughs> been fun. And, but, and there'll be a couple so, of added points that I'm going to have to deal with in a little bit. <laughs> now, the next show, of course, uh, is going to be pretty much, you know, iPad, iPad, all the time iPad, because it, it's just coming out. Oh, that's what's coming out on Saturday. Yeah, it's the iPad, man. You'll be there. Well, no, 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 you won't. You'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> so anyway, for, for Gaz and myself, I want to say good night and have a good one, guys. See you, everyone. And thank you for listening to the MyMac.com podcast. Please send all feedback to podcast at MyMac.com. Be sure to check out our other shows, including Geekiest Show Ever, My Photo Tech Podcast, Your Own Victory Garden, and Sam's Cool Picks. All available in iTunes.